Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. I've been listening to this new song. What? I've been listening to this new song by this band I'd never heard before, and they're saying there's no rules. You think that's true? I'm not sure. I'm not either. Okay. Well, can I just hear the song? Here. Play that. Press play on there. Okay. All right. There really are no rules. (laughs) Hey, 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 hey. Turn it off then. Yeah, I don't know. I think there just might be no rules. Yeah. All right, well, I, I... I think we should get back to the concert. Hey, yes, your brother. Promise me you'll do everything in your power to never do anything that's a rule again. I don't. I can't promise that. Promise me a million times that you will never do another rule. It's too late for me. I'm awake now. Go on. What are you gonna do? I don't know. Hello and welcome to our summer special on 3CR Community Radio. Um, I am Nick from Freedom of Species and we're joined, well I'm joined by Meg who's also a regular host on Freedom of Species. Welcome Meg. Hello everyone. And we've also got Lottie who is a regular guest on Freedom of Species. Welcome everyone. Lottie. everyone. Thanks for having me. So yeah, we're in our final week of summer programming this week. We've done some specials and some repeated Freedom of Species shows. And this week we're going to talk about some anti-capitalist alternatives, um, focusing on socialism and anarchism and some differences between the two, but also points of crossover and all all that kind of stuff. But looking at anti-capitalist alternatives on the show today. We've also got directly after us a Palestine special, which is airing from 2 till 7 here on 3CR. So you make sure you stay tuned after our show for that as well. Um, You also heard a repeated show from Sally, Out of the Pan, and it's a good chance to check out some of the Out of the Pan shows you missed throughout last year. Um, You can find that via the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au, as well as subscribing to Out of the Pan on your favourite podcast app. And, yeah, Sally did mention growing up in Perth. No, not Sally, sorry. Sally's guest mentioned coming up um, living in Perth and that being a conservative place, which I can definitely um, attest to as well. So, yeah, definitely check that out. Um, the introduction was um, from the show, I Think You Should Leave, um, all about no rules. So I, I just play that one mainly because I guess there's this um, sort of like cartoonish version of anarchism, which just basically means there's no rules, but we're going to try and go a bit <laughs> deeper. And I'm sure um, Meg has experienced plenty of um, caricatures and sort of incorrect ideas about socialism as well, which will hopefully um, bust on this show as well. Um, yeah, I wanted to start things off talking about capitalism. Plus, you know how I feel about capitalism. Yes, confused. 
So um, we're going to start off with maybe defining capitalism and I guess sort of leading into that, we're going to talk about, I guess, why anti-capitalism. Um, and I guess for me, I guess I'd probably start off with like, a, I guess, a Marxist definition, which is like the private ownership of the means of production, which basically means that the what is produced and how it is produced is decided by like owners of private companies rather than, for example, the state or, or some other way of organizing production. That's sort of like a, a basic Marxist definition. I'd say that there's all kinds of sort of things associated with capitalism, either they're not a direct definition. And I would say sort of a desire or even need for continual economic growth um, and that is despite damage to the environment for example I always an example I give is if like a talking head comes on the TV and says has spending increased or decreased this Christmas and it's always increased spending is good but if we take an environmental standpoint increasing spending is bad because we're consuming more stuff um, but even things like the pandemic as well there was this idea regardless of the health impact we need to get the economy going again because capitalism needs um, this continual economic growth or otherwise there's going to be real um negative social impact so yeah i guess that's sort of how i'd briefly um briefly sort of define in sort of some of my critiques as well um do you want to maybe go to lottie you don't want to yeah anything you want yeah, to add to that? yeah so i guess yeah nick you've just defined mm. capitalism so if we're thinking about uh defining anti-capitalism or leftism um that's trying to move away from a society that revolves around um the yeah private ownership and continual continual growth and profit um and moving more towards maybe uh collective ownership um of property and um societies where there aren't class distinctions um and um i yeah i guess if you're if you're going like deep communism um that would include probably no money as well um and just other other kind of ways of um sharing and um yeah sharing property and things like that did you want to add anything meg um yeah i think it's important to note that um as nick said uh capitalism relies on infinite growth and when we think about infinite growth on a finite planet anybody who can understand logic understands that that's not possible and yet that's actually what the entire system is based on so you know that's probably part of one of my objections to capitalism but then also the fact that it's not a resource-based economy that we have it's a profit-based economy so we continuously produce goods if they make a profit for someone in power um, but it's at the expense of individuals it's the expense of the planet at the, at the expense of uh, freedoms and uh, you know of, of people um, so that is kind of, for me, a really inherent part of capitalism. You have to understand that it's infinite growth, but it's also growth for profit only. It's not growth for any other reason. And and that's probably two of the main points I want to make about capitalism and why, you know, we, we here in this room and many other people object to the current system. Yeah, and I wanted to bring in like a critique of work under capitalism as well. And I guess when we're thinking about crossovers between Marxism and anarchism, I think one crossover is that in terms of anti-capitalist critiques like some anarchists and I include myself in that would take a Marxist critique to to critique capitalism and then maybe differences in terms of what sort of an ideal society would would look like but I want to play a quick clip this is from the movie Office Space have either of you seen that movie a long time ago yeah yeah it's an old movie 
it's from the early yeah. 2000s, but yeah. um, it was very anti-capitalist, very Marxist, I'd argue. So the bit I'm going to play, so this is like a, a white-collar workplace in the US, um, and it's a very mainstream movie, like a Jennifer Aniston in it and all kinds of stuff, like it wasn't like an obscure movie. Um, but in this particular clip that's brought, that we're playing here, this um, the person being interviewed is interviewed by these efficiency experts to work out who does what in the company um, and basically who they can get rid of to kind of make things more efficient and save costs for the company and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I'm just going to play this clip. It's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. Don't, don't care? It's a problem of motivation, all right? Now, if I work my ass off and Initech ships a few extra units, I don't see another dime. So where's the motivation? And here's something else, Bob. I have eight different bosses right now. A big pardon? Eight bosses. Eight? Eight, Bob. So that means that when I make a mistake, I have eight different people coming by to tell me about it. That's my only real motivation is not to be hassled. That and the fear of losing my job. But you know, Bob, that'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Would you agree that's quite a Marxist analysis of work in that movie, Meg? Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, it's unbelievable. And, you know, I, I got, I've got so much to say on that and so much to say on people waking up and realising that literally you could work as hard as you like and you can be a little cog in the corporate wheel, but what do you get for it, you know, personally or financially? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then like there's Marxist concepts like exploitation, which basically is Meg talking about the idea that that the profit, the, the surplus value, the profit you're creating as a worker goes to the you know the the bosses, goes to the CEOs rather than the worker because you're just getting your set wage. Um, and so if you work twice as hard and produce twice as much profit within that hour, you're actually devaluing your own labor because then your labor is worth half because generating like twice the profit, but you're still <laughs> getting paid the same amount. Yeah. yeah, and also that whole movie really was about the idea another marxist concept which is alienation which is like being disconnected from your labor and that was what that was all about really it was about the idea of like they didn't feel rewarded by it they didn't really have control over it and i think that's like a quite a common experience for many workers for a wage um in capitalist societies like australia it's often seen as this very I was going to say leases, that's not quite right, but like this kind of exclusive idea and there's these sort of activists who know about this stuff. But I think many people um, sort of know that experience. Like when I worked at McDonald's as a sort of as about 18 years old, I didn't know the concept alienation, but I definitely felt it as, as a worker, I guess, of that idea of like I didn't feel rewarded by Do you want to explain alienation yeah absolutely yeah so it's like work has been disconnected from from their labor and so i guess to link that to working at mcdonald's like as a worker i didn't get to decide what was on the menu what was produced how it was produced and therefore there's no sort of intrinsic reward for doing it you do you're doing it um working hard enough not to get fired to quote the, the clip mm. we just played um and you have no control yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's all yeah. all all the control is from above you're you're very much just directed um, and yeah, that was definitely something where, again, I, I didn't have that language, but I think it would have really made sense at the time. I, I know there was, there's sometimes you'll see footage of McDonald's where it's like they're working so fast and they, in a documentary or whatever, and like there's a disclaimer, like they're not, they're actually working this fast. We haven't got this on fast forward. But for me, it would have been like, this isn't on slow motion. He's actually working that slow. Cause I just felt like very, very, um, yeah, demotivated, just very flat and just, yeah, really, again, quite a Common feeling. It's um, dehumanization as well. Yeah. There is yeah. no meaning to your work. You have no control over your work. You have no control over the product of your labor. 
Um, there, there is actually a lot of studies have shown that there's a direct correlation between workplace happiness and the level of control an individual worker has over their their product production, the, the label that they you know that they do. Yeah. Um, and I think we have, as a society, become so disconnected, and so we don't we don't have that control over our labour. And that's again one of my objections to um, you know to capitalism and the system that we have as a whole at the moment. Yeah, and I, I guess I wanted to bring in one more pop culture example. I, th- I think the fact that this stuff is covered in pop culture and the fact that it it kind of makes sense not to a niche like Marxist or anarchist audience or anything, yeah, it but calls to, a general... to the zeitgeist, doesn't yeah, it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I've either of you yeah. seen the show on Becoming a God in Central Florida? That's a more no, recent example, no. but it's all about like um, the multi level multi level marketing schemes and this kind of stuff, like these um, yeah pyramid schemes and that kind of thing. But as much as I don't support them, and I think they're like a false hope they do definitely come out of this idea of not wanting to be exploited and alienated Mm. and that kind of thing. And so I'm just going to play some clips from the first episode of that show which um, speak to that idea of people feeling like, yeah, this idea of exploitation and alienation. Every day Travis wakes up, clocks in at his J-O-B at C-A-I. This Friday, this Friday, Travis Stubbs kisses that goodbye. Some people make VCRs or plastic bags or lasers. That's all fine and dandy. But what you're really making is somebody else rich. <laughs> okay, so you're telling me if I work for Founders, right? Oh, no, okay, so you don't work for Founders. You work for yourself. The Garbo system, it just shows you how. When you're at your J-O-B tomorrow, think about who profits from your time and sacrifice. Hmm? Once Travis retires from his J-O-B... Stop saying that. I won't. J-O-B just overbroke. Or jerks on board. You take your pick. Jester of boss. Thank you, Travis. So, yeah, again, a lot of that, that idea of that it, it kind of those um, pyramid schemes idea of oh you can work for yourself and that kind of thing speak to this idea of wanting control over the workplace and I did actually have me, me and Claire from Freedom of Species did an ice hockey special a while ago and <laughs> actually at ice hockey I got talking to someone like at training and they tried to get me into a pyramid scheme <laughs> uh, oh, like oh, just no. like as the conversation <laughs> went on and yeah. then by the end I was like oh so it was just like a pyramid scheme and then he was like well, when you think of like Virgin, for example, the company, like who has the most power within that company? And I was like, well, fair enough, I guess. Like, I guess like, and I was kind of thinking well, that's actually a fair point. Like capitalism is a pyramid scheme, really, because you have a yeah. small number of people at the top <laughs> with the most power and wealth, and then it kind of goes down. So I was like, yes, these things are pyramid schemes, but it's like that it was like a fair point. I like, didn't make me want to join it, but I was like, yeah, fair enough. Like if I work for a corporation, that's a pyramid scheme yeah. as well. I, yeah. I mean, best you're in a pyramid scheme now. I don't want to get into another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But, yeah, you know, yeah. it is actually interesting. You pointed out before, um, you know, these the rise of these MLMs, these pyramid schemes, um, are literally people trying to break away from this grind that they know is, you know, even if they don't know it consciously, subconsciously, they know that they're never going to get anywhere no matter how hard they work. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the average person, if you work 40 hours a week, you're still worried about money. You're still worried about where your rent's coming from or your next mortgage payment or, you know, you're worried about the food on your table for your family. How can you work for 40 hours a week, give someone else 40 hours of your labor 
and still worry about these things and still worry about when the next large payment is going to send you over the edge. That is crazy when we think about it. Mm. And that's a lot of us, especially with the cost of living at the moment. All of us are silently suffering. We're all silently cutting things out. And, you know, if you work full time, that is, it's not a, it's not a bug in the system. It's an inherent part of the system. And that's the problem. People re- need to realize it's an inherent part of the system. It's not a bug that you work for 40 hours and you're still broke. Mm. That is exactly the way the system's supposed to work. And that is wrong. Absolutely wrong. Yeah. Should make a lot of people angry. Anything you want to add for we go to a song, Lottie? Or? No, not no? really. No? Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. And I think, I guess, they're, I would say, like, anti-capitalist ideas, it often, like, gives language um, or gives, like, a framework of thinking for ideas people already yes. hold rather than convincing of something that something totally new. It just mm. sort of can, can kind of put things in a certain um, context. We're going to play the first song, which is the soundtrack for um, for Office Space, the movie. It's called Take This Job. Um, or, sorry, Shove This J-O-B, which is kind of relevant to the, um, <laughs> to the, the clip we played. I like it already. <laughs> um, Cannabis with uh, Biz Markey. Um, and, yeah, more after this. Mm, yeah. Slave gigs, 
the boss's favorite to get placed in something spacious While the most hated get placed in some small cubicle spaces Or get thrown down in the basement Get to sleep or confiscated You constantly waiting for a paycheck Twelve months pass by and you still ain't get paid yet Here's an optimistic motto If you ever late for today You can say you early for tomorrow Most nine to fives are hard Cause the description of the job Ain't no picnic in the park People get hired Drink coffee to stay wired So they don't get tired Sleep late and get fired You came in late You already ate Now You wanna take a lunch break? Hey yo, bust it Ain't no need to discuss it Just take this job and shove it Right between your buttocks Take this job and shove it I ain't drunk in here no Tickets are now on sale for the 2024 Marxism Conference, happening over the Easter weekend. The Marxism Conference is one of the biggest gatherings of revolutionaries, radicals and activists from around Australia and across the world. Three days of discussions, interviews and debates on key questions and themes for socialists, covering radical working class history, Marxist fundamentals, left debates and global struggles happening today. With our world entering a new era of accelerated climate crisis, economic chaos, and rising imperialist tensions, it's now more important than ever for socialists and anti-capitalists to get together to discuss and debate ideas for a world in crisis. Locking your spot to Australia's biggest socialist conference and grab your tickets now at marxismconference.org. A 3CR supporter. Welcome back to our summer special on 3CR Radical Radio. Today on the show we're talking about anti-capitalism and different forms of anti-capitalism and we're going to focus in on um, socialism now and I'll kick it over to Lottie to kick off that discussion. Yeah, so I guess I just wanted to start with the question to Meg. So what is socialism and why do you identify as a socialist? Yeah, sure. Um, probably the most important thing is what is socialism to me? Because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of different definitions of socialism, a lot of different streams of socialism, etc. And I'd yeah, say like sure. the same yeah. as like me, anarchism. It's not this is like the anarchist position. It's this is my anarchist my, exactly. position. Exactly. Yeah, no, and you so, want yeah, to yeah. sort of really put it out there. So <laughs> somebody might go, oh, no, that's not right. <laughs> well, you know, this, this is actually how I feel. <laughs> um, for me, really importantly, um, a, a better world is all about empowerment of the people who produce the wealth, and that is the workers. That is the everyday people who are out there creating our society, doing the you know making the widgets and and providing the services that keep our society going. 
And right now, at the moment, what we have is a system that literally makes us a cog in the wheel, a powerless and sometimes even useless, we were talking about bullshit jobs in the break, mm-hmm. a powerless and even sometimes useless cog in the wheel that disenfranchises us from where the real power is. So in a socialist world, the worker is the one that holds the power. Um, you know, you have a government system. I mean, it's different from anarchy, etc. But you have a, a system where the workers get to decide what's happening. I mean, you have cooperatives, you have, uh, you know, factories owned by worker cooperatives, all of that sort of stuff. The power is taken back from the very few at the, the top and it is given to the back to the people who produce the wealth and produce the civilization and the society that we live in. And that, to me, is what capitalism is all about. Because the, the, the important person is the person in the system. It's not mm. the system itself. It's yeah. not the profit that it makes for a, a powerful few. It is the well-being and the welfare of those of us who produce the wealth, but also those of us who can't produce the wealth because for whatever reason are supported in a civilised society where they're taken care of and valued for who they are, not what they can produce. And yeah. that to me is what socialism is all about. Yep. Yeah. And when you mentioned cooperatives, so that I think that would look like, for example, the workers in a factory or, or in a store or something have a more democratic uh, kind of contribution to how should we be running things, right? Absolutely. So yeah. they would have a, a share, a stake in that cooperative. Uh, yeah. They would be the people producing um, whatever it was that that factory produced, but they'd also have uh, the say um, via that, you know, the actual share in that cooperative of the direction of the factory, what was made, how it was made, you know, these sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than, and, and sort of that feeds into this resource based economy, not profit based mm. economy. It's a really important thing at the moment we're producing widgets for producing widgets sake. Uh, Somebody's making money off these. And once these, you know, possibly useless widgets stop making money, they get, they stop being produced. As an example, actually, I'll give you an example. And this is, this is what happens in a capitalist society. Um, So there is a very important um, implant that uh, my boss uses. Uh, So it's an implant for a hand. It's a, you know, if someone has uh, joints that are needing replacing, etc., now, in a capitalist society, um, they, there's not a lot of money to be made off these hand joints. And so these big corporations that have been previously making them are stopping making them. Mm-hmm. It's not actually that the need is going away. People are still needing to have these implants. It's just that the profit is not there. And so it's becoming harder and harder for us to find these implants to actually do the surgery to make a difference in somebody's life. Mm. And because it doesn't make a profit... It's not important. Mm-hmm. And that is not the way I want my world to be. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess getting on to, we'll talk about anarchism after the next song, but we'll probably maybe have a bit of discussion like, you know, they'll be combined as we go as well. But um, I guess from doing a undergraduate politics subject on political ideologies, I guess the main difference that kind of identified between Marxism and anarchism was um, like anarchists reject the state, whereas Marxists reject the capitalist state. So yes, there's the idea yeah. of like capitalism corrupts the state versus like the state is inherently corrupt or mm-hmm. at least not ideal. And I know you don't want to get too much into sort of philosophical and sort of academic debates, but I was just wondering, like, as a Marxist, like, what would your ideal role of the state be? Would it be, you know, would there be a state or would ideally that would wither away or do you have any thoughts on that about the role of the state? 
it. You know, it's in, oh gosh, I, mm. could, I think I could write a book on this almost, <laughs> but you know a lot more about this than I am. You, you come from an academic point of view. I come mm. from like a personal gritty point of view mm-hmm. with a lot of my politics. Um, for me, a state is there for the provision of services that are necessary. So, you know, the provision of our roads, our hospitals, our utilities. I don't believe that private corporations should be running utilities or hospitals or roads. You know, we should be you know, paying a tax so that a a state is almost an administrative thing. It's not a seat of power or power is more uh, evenly distributed through the society um, as opposed to what it is at the moment. Um, So, yeah, essentially it would be a a service provider for essential services, uh, you know, maybe something that is also a body that provides funding for research uh, that's necessary. It, It really does, I mean... For me, it's open. It's an open-ended question, but it's absolutely necessary. And as you know, and you know, as we can agree, um, you know, d- despite our differences in politics, um, out the power is not distributed evenly at the moment. That redistribution of power is necessary for individual empowerment in whatever way post-capitalism that would manifest. Mm. So I think we can probably. Um, now jump to anarchism. So, Nick, do you want to define what anarchism means to you and why you identify as an anarchist? I mean, I can do. I'm happy to give Meg more time on on social. Oh, no, I, I would actually. I, I would love to hear about um, anarchism. Okay. Stuff. Yeah. Well, we can probably have a bit of a, a longer segment on that because I did have kind of a song that kind of leads into the points I had around anarchism. So maybe we'll, we'll play the song and then we'll have a bit of a longer uh, final segment. So. We're going to play the song Everything I Am by Loki, who's one of my favourite musicians, hip-hop artists. Um, and one of the lyrics which I think is particularly relevant is um, don't relegate me below or elevate me above to you. Need- needless to say, in either place I'm uncomfortable. Um, and to me that is kind of what anarchism is about, of not wanting to be above people but also not wanting to be below. Um, yeah, here we go. Nice. Everything I am and everything I want to be. Perfect, been bitten a couple of times and I did deserve it Every day living and learning through these written verses My life is a sacrifice, I wonder is it worth it People can change, I'm living physical proof I'm not important or special or different from you To other people, I may seem like a good advisor But to myself I feel like a dirty womanizer I am just a man, I will never be a celebrity That is a mantra I will cling to until the death of me Don't want to feed my kids the very treachery they fed to me Preferably the aim is equality eventually Don't relegate me below or elevate me above to you Needless to say, in either place I'm uncomfortable I treat you as your equal, simply a man Your brother in humanity is everything that I am
the chorus There's a big difference between fans and supporters Never asked to be scrutinised or consumerised Or treated differently to any other human life Most don't, but some do And it saddens me, force-fed celebrity to subdue Our humanity, see the false image depicted and think it's purity When beneath that image they hold more insecurities than you do But sometimes it's hard to tell who's who There's more to life than Twitter followers and YouTube if I came across like I was cocky, I am sorry, you were born original, so please don't die a copy, don't relegate me below, or elevate me above to you, needless to say, in either place I'm uncomfortable, I treat you as your equal, simply a man, your brother in humanity is everything that I am. Revolution in Rojava is a beacon of hope for the world, putting direct democracy and feminism into practice on a broad scale. This radical attempt at social transformation now faces huge challenges, including daily attacks by the Turkish military with little outside recognition or aid. Show your support for Rojava by joining North East Syria Solidarity, or NESS, and help ensure the survival of this inspiring experiment in social change. NESS sends aid, raises awareness, and builds solidarity. Get involved at www.nessolidarity.org.au. NESS is a 3CR supporter. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. Welcome back to, uh, not Freedom of Species, welcome back to our summer special (laughs) on 3CR Community Radio. Today on the show we're talking about different forms of anti-capitalism and we just played the song Everything I Am by Loki and the song was all about the idea of I guess speaking to people who are like, I guess there's this idea of a lot of people in a capitalist society feeling very powerless and that idea of like some people go, oh, I want to be one, the one with the power and be above the other people actually sort of challenging that and go, no, I don't want to be above or below anyone. And for me, that is really what anarchism is about to me. So for me, anarchism isn't just about rejecting the state like that is part of it but it's really anti-hierarchy in general and so the state is one of those hierarchies in terms of the hierarchy between the political class and and citizens um or between politicians and citizens however you want to frame it um so that is one hierarchy but it's not necessarily like the only hierarchy or even necessarily the most important one um and so i guess it's about yeah, again, rejecting all hierarchies and gradually moving towards a society that will never quite reach. I don't think there'll ever be, I think, always sort of informal hierarchies will emerge. But 
I guess, as capitalism as it stands, it very much accepts and promotes that hierarchies even within the workplace. Institutionalized. Exactly. So it's like, it's not just like, oh, you know, of course we're going to have hierarchies. It's like, let's sort of celebrate, reinforce, formalize these hierarchies. So again, I don't think we'll ever reach a society with no hierarchies, but we want, or I want to create a society where hierarchies are discouraged rather than encouraged, I guess. Um, So moving away from all forms of hierarchy and, I guess flowing on from the song, I wanted to make a couple of points, and this is very much inspired by the book Free Women of Spain, um, Anarchism and the Struggle for the Emancipation of Women by Martha Acklesberg, and this was all about the Spanish Revolution in 1936 and 1937. Um, So very much inspired by those points, but thinking about anarchism, um, and we can think about anarchism and all kinds of different connections to other issues, as we can with socialism, like Marxist feminism, etc. But I guess thinking about like anarcho-feminism, Um, and anarchism as anti-hierarchy, I was kind of thinking that all forms of feminism are anarchist to some degree, but to vastly different degrees. So Mm -hmm. again, if we think of anarchism as anti-hierarchy, then like misogyny, like sexism is like the antithesis of anarchism, at least when it's framed in that way, which again is why it's important to not just frame anarchism in my view as rejecting the state because you could have a state-free society but have a very sexist society, a very mm-hmm. species society, a very homophobic society, whatever else. Um, so yeah, again, so that is sort of the opposite of anarchism to me. Um, and then you get liberal feminism, which is rejecting hierarchies between men and women but embracing other hierarchies like corporate hierarchies and having women owning weapon companies and like women politicians so it's sort of it's it's sort of rejecting some hierarchies but embracing many others in society um, embracing hierarchies between ceos and workers all those kind of things and then we get to marxist feminism which i'd argue is um challenging a lot more hierarchies like hierarchies within the workplace um hierarchies between you know workers and business owners all those kind of things so challenging a lot more hierarchies but uh, my view and i guess the view put forward in the book was that anarcha feminism so like feminism based on anarchist principles is rejecting the most hierarchies because it's also rejecting um like hierarchies of of the state as well um so yeah i guess there's hierarchies within capitalism but also hierarchies within the state as well um, but I wanted to throw yeah. it over to Lottie to. Yeah, well, yeah. I just I had a follow up question. So I guess yeah, Meg, uh, you, you know Nick, you asked Meg before about in a socialist world what would be the role of the state, and Meg said uh, you know service provision largely. Mm. So in an anarchist world, what, how is what are some ways that those kinds of services could be provided? Yeah, so there's all kinds of different things. I guess for me, that is like the ideal. Then everything in that is just details and and Mm. lots of different ideas around it. Um, But yeah, there's different models and like we don't want to kind of get too much into the sort of academic nitty gritty, but I, I think it's perhaps relevant here. But um, anarcho-syndicalism is, is one um, sort of substrain of anarchism, which I, I identify with, which is basically very, very similar to Marxism. It's kind of like Marxism without the state, I guess I would say, mm. but basically it's very focused on workers' democracy. So basically there's the idea of we need some form of organisation within society um, to produce goods, for example, like essential goods, not so much like manufactured wants under capitalism, but obviously we do need some products to to eat and that kind of thing. So we have um, democratic organisation of workers around production, um, but that 
is is all we have. Mm. So that that yeah. is where the only form of organisation lies. Um, I did want to again, I, <laughs> without getting too much. There's also green anarchism, which I'd also kind of be identified with. Cause I spoke a lot about veganism and connections between veganism and anarchism. And yeah. green an- anarchism goes beyond the human centric, and I think that is important as well because we could have the most democratic workplaces, but if they're overproducing, if they're producing products that involve the suffering and death of animals, like that's not good as well. So, um, yeah, which side podcast, which isn't going anymore, they're a vegan anarchist podcast. They describe themselves as brown anarchists, and I think I kind of fit with that, <laughs> the green and the red. But, um, yeah, nice. yeah I, I think um, we're all on the same page with this. And um, Revolutionary, Ref Lady, Revolutionary Left Radio um, is a podcast I listen to, which very much takes that view, very much coming from a Marxist point of view, but has on anarchists and all kinds of different strains. And I think there's... Um, really takes the approach of, of learning from different leftist tendencies rather than caricaturing them as well. So, yeah, again, I, I sort of identify as an anarchist more broadly. Um, yeah, and there's lots of sort of substrains, most of which I identify with to different degrees. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Thanks. Yeah. So, I think I'll just talk a bit about kind of how I identify. So, generally, I guess if I'm asked or if I'm talking about myself, I would usually say leftist and kind of keep it a bit more general. Mm-hmm. I think I, I do really relate to um, anarchism. And I think you just talking now maybe like crystallized it a bit for me. I think anarchism is just feels like particularly relevant for the social justice aspects. So um, abolishing hierarchies when it comes to gendered hierarchies, hierarchies between, um, you know, like abolishing white supremacy um, between humans and animals and things like that. But then, yeah, when it comes to uh, to what extent is it useful for there to be a state uh, as a service provider um, versus other forms of service provision, um, I think I'm a bit more agnostic um, and I guess... Uh, something we haven't touched on is maybe there are differences in different subtypes of communism or anti-capitalism about how we reach that um, that anti-capitalist point. So whether it's via a revolution where things kind of happen in in one go and the the workers unite and things change in a relatively short amount of time, or whether we're trying to change to a more anti-capitalist society um, just with small changes. And I think. Like my view is that we kind of need to be working towards both, I guess. So um, uh, supporting any kind of like small uh, changes that are moving away from capitalism uh, in our current society. But if there was kind of an impetus for a, a revolution to be happening, assuming that it aligned broadly with my values, I would, I think, be supportive of that. Mm. Um, and then just on the topic of... Um, kind of supporting changes in society that have, um, I really like the podcast Seriously Wrong mm-hmm. um, and they have come up with this concept of library socialism where we have in our society the concept of a library where you lend books, you don't pay for them, anyone can go into a library, you can just sit there all day, you don't need to pay to be there um, and you just need to be part of the community to be able to borrow books and everyone's just totally supportive of that whereas if a library didn't already exist it would probably (laughs) get pushback if someone tried to invent it um and in my community we have a tool library you do need to pay so it's not 
quite the same, but I think uh, it is possible to have some like expansions to other products that we really don't need to own one of everything. Um, and we could move towards more like, oh, I just need a tent to go camping once a year. It would be great if mm. there was a, like a camping library that I could borrow things from. Um, and I think that's a, a really inspiring way of thinking about ways that we could kind of expand existing structures um, that that already exist into other areas of our life. Yeah, and I wanted to give Meg an opportunity as well because I think those discussions have been going on around anarchism in terms of like it's not just the state, it's like there's feminism and there's animal yeah. rights and there's all these other issues. But, mm. I mean, I don't want to caricature socialism. Those discussions are going on within socialist movements as well. So, And I was thinking yeah. about that as you were actually mm. talking. Um, so it, I, it was interesting to note that when you were talking about hierarchies, mm-hmm. I was thinking of classes. Mm-hmm. So in mm-hmm. my terms, um, obviously, you know, you've got your, uh, your, your power classes. You've mm-hmm. got, you know, the, 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 you know, the 1% and then you've got the workers and, you know, the, the, the classes of workers, etc. But um, so for me, classes is something that is expanded beyond the economic system. So when you have classes of people, I mean, you have when you look at racism, you have classes of people based on skin color. Mm. You know, when you look at sexism, you have classes of people based on gender. Uh, so there is a hierarchy, which I would call classes of people, um, you know, within my philosophy. And it's the same. We want to get rid of classes. If if you have you've got a class based society, you have a hierarchical society, and that's an important thing to note. Mm. It's very it's a very similar philosophy. So I think um, when we want to get rid of all of the isms, mm. and you want to get rid of the hierarchies, we're really talking about the same thing, mm-hmm. uh, and and working towards getting rid of that kind of issue that gives one person more power over the other. Uh, based on something that's quite illogical and or quite inequitable, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, it's really kind of complex questions in terms of how we sort of transition from one society to another. But I, I mm. guess you know the idea of like moving towards an anarchist society is kind of complicated and probably maybe takes forms a little bit more like Lottie was talking about because it is kind of more a gradual thing. So um, a lot of um, socialist revolutions have been like sort of overthrowing the state, right, and then putting in a a socialist regime. Um, and, yeah, David Graeber, who, who wrote Bullshit Jobs, who we mentioned, but who passed away in the last few years. But, um, yeah, his writings influenced me quite a bit around that in terms of thinking, okay, well, that's the ideal in my view, but how could we move towards that? And he was saying, like, for an anarchist revolution, it doesn't really make sense to, like, overthrow the state because it's not about we want the power. It's like trying to move towards a society where no one has power over another. Mm. So it kind of doesn't make sense. And he was saying that's probably just going to be violently taken down but i guess his view on um on moving towards an anarchist society was like gradually making the state redundant through things like you mentioned through providing for ourselves outside the state and he was uh, heavily involved in the occupier movement back in the early 2010s um in new york and um yeah i guess like those kind of things is more what what he saw as sort of gradually move like making the state redundant rather than directly taking mm-hmm. it on i guess but it's uh it's it's very it's very complicated and i definitely don't have all the answers yeah, on how we get there that kind of reminds me of um, like abolish the police or defund the police. I think some approaches, um, I guess maybe a bit more radical stance was we should just get rid of the police, um, but and maybe a bit 
of a softer approach was, oh, well, we should defund it, we should put resources into schools and other, um, yeah, like community building and um, other ways of kind of um, uh, uh, reducing crime and things like that. But, yeah, I guess that is kind of a way of, yeah, um, you, you, the idea is that you eventually make the, the police redundant. Yeah. Yeah, mm. I um, I Nick, I agree with you. I, I I think that the ideal situation is literally make the structures of power redundant. But how likely are they you are they to allow you to do that? Mm-hmm. And how many times has that been tried and has been quashed essentially? Mm-hmm. And it's good because you basically, I mean, it's good for them. It's good for them in power if you try to do it in a non bloodless coup because then they can just basically disempower you in a non bloodless and non PR disastrous way for them. I mean, I, I'm more of a revolutionary myself, and, and unfortunately it has been pushed quite a lot with the fact that we don't have time to tinker around the edges of, bro- of a broken system. Um, our earth is breaking as we speak, mm. and as we talk about this, uh, you know, we have systems and cycles uh, that are showing signs that they're going into uh, cycles that aren't stoppable, and so... As we talk about these kind of the perfect way to do it, we maybe aren't talking about the practical way to do it. Mm. And so for me, um, unfortunately, I think we're heading towards a swift change. Mm. Uh, mm. And, and, and maybe the swift change is the only possible change that is going to stop what is the disaster, the ecological disaster that is happening right now um you know how, how do we stop that within the you know the capitalist system which is infinite growth on a finite planet mm. exploitation of workers exploitation of animals exploitation of the planet and that is an inbuilt feature not a bug how do we tinker around the edges of that and and stop this disaster that's coming that's kind of my opinion on it yeah yeah i think that's fair but i think the more ways that we have built in like before the revolution built in non-capitalist structures means that that's just a few fewer things that we We need to to figure out at the time yeah yeah and and it's also i think it's an important question of i think it's important i think we often do these specials kind of more over the break where things shut down obviously still activism going on but where things Mm -hmm. are a bit quieter to kind of check in with where we're going and what we're doing and and what we want um but yeah, in terms of what we do on a day-to-day basis, it's much more complex. Again, I think we can be creating those alternatives, but I do think there is, um, yeah, certainly many reforms within the state, within capitalism, which I would absolutely support just because it would make people's lives better. And, and I think that is what all these ideologies are about, really, in terms of the different views of how we do this, but about actually making people's lives better, making the environment better, making like the world better mm-hmm. for animals, those kind of things. And so I feel like if we accept that as an end goal, then we definitely should embrace measures within the existing systems that will achieve that while acknowledging that it will always be limited within that system because of some of the issues we've identified throughout mm-hmm. the show in terms of doing that, but definitely embracing things like um, public housing, for example, that's provided by the the state but it does provide um some relief to people within a um like insecure private market for example um yeah i get and maybe that's perhaps a 
interesting note to finish on of, of negotiating this thing of having these ideals of a very, very different society, but living in a society which is nothing like that and how we go about that. Any final thoughts on that? Or we've got a few minutes to go, but any or something else, but yeah. Um, I just want to say um, it's good. It's really good that we're having these types of conversations and we do need to have these types of conversations loudly and for an extended period of time. But we've also got to always relate it back to the everyday, everyday person who may not even be interested in these kinds of conversations or very importantly may not have the capacity to actually engage within them you know um this this kind of conversation is brilliant but how does it relate to the single mother who works in broad broad meadows two jobs trying to look after her kids Mm -hmm. and doesn't have time or the or the mental inclination to actually undertake these how do we relate it back to the everyday person how do we pull people in to that wave of change um and and really, for me, it's relating it back to their own lives and how they are disempowered, how they are disenfranchised, how they are exploited, how they are alienated and what we can do about it. Why? What's the reason why they're alienated? It's our system, our system in place that doesn't benefit them. How do we get to a better world? We bring them in and we have these kinds of conversations. But first, we have to acknowledge that not everyone will be interested in these conversations, but everyone is interested in the outcome of the conversations and we have to bring that human kind of perspective into it. Yeah. Yep. And what do you mean exactly by bringing them in? Like if there's someone who's just overrun by the day-to-day busyness of their lives, um, yeah, I, what I, does that kind well, of look like? So to me, I'm you know, someone's like, you know, I, I have this conversation a lot. They're like, how do I work 40 hours a week? And yet I still can't, I don't have the money to do anything that's pleasurable. It's literally everything. And I say, hey, do you think it's fair that you work 40 hours a week mm. and you barely get by and you're so stressed about it and you're never going to own a, own a house in your entire life? Why is that? And how is the system making this possible for you? Like, is this fair at all? And they're like, oh, my God, it's not. Mm. And, you know, you go back to the 1950s, a single wage could pay for uh, a two adults, a couple of children, a house and a life that's actually above subsistence. How do we get to this stage? Why are we at this stage? Who benefits? Who doesn't? Yeah. And is it just about trying to get more and more people to understand that? Or are we asking yeah. them to do anything beyond that? Or We are, but I think the, the critical mass occurs when awareness of the bullshit nature of our system is such that there's enough people to go, hey, the emperor has no clothes. Yeah. What are we doing? And that's when change happens. We can talk until we're blue in the face, but if the majority of people think that what we're talking about is academic, mm. they're never going to help. They're never going to assist yeah. in, in that wave of change and i think bring people in it's the same with you know veganism or yeah. sexism the exploitation of people for you know for you know racism anything like that we've got to bring enough people in to produce that wave of change and to actually relate it back to them yeah yeah, yeah. Agree. I guess in the last maybe minute or so, are there any any books or articles or podcasts or anything you'd recommend? I know we've mentioned a few throughout, but anything you'd like to leave anyone with? If not, I've got a couple, but no. 
Yeah, I think go ahead. Okay, yeah, I guess on the the anarchism side, so there's a very short little article, um, again, by David Graeber, Are You an Anarchist? The Answer May Surprise You. Um, And, yeah, one of the quotes is, Every time you share something with a friend or decide who is going to do the dishes or do anything at all with an eye to fairness, you are being an anarchist. So that sort of everyday thing, and he kind of... I I swear this may be sort of something else we were talking about, just like organising a dinner with friends and informally organising the things without hierarchy and those kind of little things that people act in anarchist ways. Um, Also, The Dispossessed by Ursula Le Le Guin is a science fiction book which explores um, anarchism. And it's also interesting to kind of look back at a capitalist society from someone who doesn't live in a capitalist society as well. And so that's a really interesting one of, I guess, it's fictional, but like thinking about how anarchism could work in practice. Um, Yeah. If I actually could add someone, I just thought of Becky Chambers. She's a really great fiction author um, and imagines uh, a future uh, post-capitalist future really in a really great way and quite easy reading um, with yeah I recommend her I think it's important to mm. think of the dreamers and the creators that create mm. these worlds and to, mm. to look at their stories as well yep yeah. absolutely yeah so this is our final final summer, summer special we're back to normal freedom of species programming on Sunday January 21 1 to 2 as usual and stay tuned from 2pm today till 7pm Salam radio show presents a special broadcast radio for Palestine, live music discussions, how to keep Palestinian voices heard, um, and how as a community of artists we can build resistance and show our solidarity. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Um, we're going to go out with a song, um, The Wasteland by Chumbawamba. Um, this is from the album Nevermind the Ballots, which is a favourite album of mine from 1987, but it's only just being added to Spotify. Um, and yeah, very much like an anarchist band, anarchist album, but I think a lot of the songs, a lot of the issues highlighted in the songs like Workers' Rights be rele- very relevant to socialists and, and everyone, um, yeah, everyone who's anti-capitalist. So yeah, thanks for joining me, both of you. Yeah, and, thank you. And, yeah, we are out of here and stay tuned for more on Palestine.
you Can't we juggle this around Sprinkle sugar on the dog shit And we'll keep the figures down Never let the left hand see what's in the right No one's any wiser And the problem's out of sight Take your democratic choice Take a scheme or style Chocolate twist on YTS CPs, ES Company profits doubled Wages chopped in half Chocolate twist on YTS CPs, ES Take your democratic choice Take a scheme or style Company profits doubled CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.